ดีค่ะยินดีต้อนรับเข้าสู่ Bangkok Off Stage Podcast ไทยอังกฤษรายการแรกที่จะพาไปเจาะลึกแวดวงศิลปะการแสดงในกรุงเทพ Hello and welcome to the Bangkok Off Stage Podcast the first bilingual podcast on the Bangkok performing arts scene I'm Gelta and I'm Amitha In July of this year, we reached out to researcher and actor Muhammad Abe in Jakarta, Indonesia, to learn more about his work as the director of Indonesia Dramatic Reading Festival, or IDRF. In the past few years, Abe and IDRF have been responsible for introducing new works by Southeast Asian playwrights to the region and other parts of the world. He gives us a glimpse into the Yogyakarta art scene, what it's like to live as an artist in the vibrant city, and the kinds of writing that are coming out of Indonesia. This episode is in English. เมื่อเดือนกรกฎาคมที่ผ่านมาเราได้ไปพูดคุยกับมูฮัมหมัดอาเบะนักวิจัยและนักแสดงในเมืองยอกยากาตาประเทศอินโดนีเซียเกี่ยวกับการเป็นผู้กำกับเทศกาลอ่านบทละคร Indonesia Dramatic Reading Festival หรือ IDRF ที่ได้นำเสนอผลงานใหม่ๆจากนักเขียนบทละครในภูมิภาคสู่หลายประเทศทั่วโลกในช่วงไม่กี่ปีที่ผ่านมานี้ค่ะเรายังได้เรียนรู้เกี่ยวกับวงการศิลปะในยอกยาการ์ตารวมถึงการสร้างสรรค์งานของศิลปินที่นั่นและงานเขียนหลากหลายประเภทของอินโดนีเซียเอพิโซดนี้เป็นภาษาอังกฤษค่ะ Hi Abe welcome to Bangkok off stage thank you for coming to talk to us today from hey, Yogyakarta <laughs> uh, I call I call you Amita and Eng And yes, yes, yes. Okay. So yeah, before we get to more about your projects and background, can you tell us about how the Indonesian performing arts scene is coping with COVID now? Well, right now I think it's the how to say that uh, this time is uh, more bad than last year uh, because. Uh, the 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 virus now getting into our circle, so some of my friends are hit by COVID, and our families. Uh, so uh, last year we still have some performances, we still have online performances, uh, but this time it's very very hard for us to cope. So even less online performances, like the energy is down, because. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, this time is really, really, really hard. Because uh, our friends are hit by COVID and our family, so uh, there is not many time, not much time to thinking about creative production. But there, there is still some, some, some performances, uh, especially outside of Java, uh, in Sumatra, and some. Sulawesi maybe, but not as many as last year. So, are those like performances uh, about the situation or talking about some other, um, you know, topics? Mm, mainly not. Mainly, uh, maybe people tired talking about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> they already get, uh, from the news, from the social media, and maybe they don't want to hear it more you know, from 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 art. For those of us who don't know the scene very well, I don't know the scene in Jakarta 
very well. Neither of us do. Can you tell us a bit about what this, um, what the art scene, the performing art scene, is like there, and what is its relationship to the rest of the country? Uh, well, if you're talking about Jogja, Jogja is one of mm -hmm. the center of the art and creativity in Indonesia because here we have a lot of students coming from all over Indonesia. We have a lot of university in Yogyakarta. There is a freedom of creativity uh, in Yogyakarta because uh, here uh, the, the lifestyle are not as uh, high as if we say Jakarta because we, we, we are not the capital of Indonesia. But, uh, but for artists, Jakarta seen as capital of culture and, and art in Indonesia. Because a lot in the, in the history of Indonesian art, Jakarta have uh, a lot of artists from Jakarta or even in Jakarta that is important for the direction of modern art in Indonesia. But also not also not only modern art, but also in the traditional art or, or in the conventional art, but also in experimental art also. Because we have here we have many festivals also. Uh, in one year uh, before the pandemic, we, we have more than one hundred festivals. So this is a lot of a lot of artists is coming. Uh, different kind of festival, local festival, national festival, and international festival. So this is something that uh, enriches the culture and also boosts the creativity. Do a lot of artists just like move to Jakarta from around the country to, to do the arts there? Or is it more like we want to showcase there, but we don't necessarily want to live there? Because it's not think, a very big city, right? Uh, both, both. Because... Mm -hmm. Uh, as I said before, uh, a lot of students coming to learn in Yogyakarta, some of them become artists and they are known as artists from Yogyakarta. Like me, I'm not originally coming from Yogyakarta. I came from a smaller city in north coast of Java. I came to Yogyakarta to, be, uh, to learn uh, as a university student. But then uh, I became known as uh, artist from Yogyakarta. So this is uh, generally a uh, uh, case like me, a lot, lot ha happen, happen a lot in, in Yogyakarta. But like, uh, as I said before, uh, Yogyakarta is city of festival. A lot of uh, festival happen in, in Jogja. So this is also the case that a lot of artists uh, came to showcase their work in Yogyakarta. Like uh, in the visual art, we have art job which is nationally and internationally known as uh, one of the prestige uh, visual art exhibition. Not only visual art, but also performing art. And we have other festivals in dance, in, in experimental art, so that people came from all over Java and all over Indonesia. So you just mentioned that Yogyakarta is like a popular tourist um, destination and awesome culture hub in Indonesia. So what do you think, what kind of impact does tourism have on the performing arts scene there and vice versa? Yeah, I think uh, since before the independence from 1920s or something, they, 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 they built a culture of tourism 
because uh, we have uh, two temple, Hindu temple, uh, Prambanan and Buddhist temple, Borobudur, which attract tourists from all over the world. And Jogja is in the middle uh, of these two big temple who every year attract maybe million tourists, I don't know, a lot of tourists from all over the world. So this is also uh, uh, affecting the culture and art because a lot of uh, foreigner came. Uh, and also this is also a market for the art industry uh, because yeah, they, they, they want to buy souvenirs, maybe they want to buy paintings, they want to see performances. So this is also one thing uh, uh, that that developing in Jakarta, but also uh, I think in the last twenty or thirty years, there is also a different kind of tourists, which is maybe they are artists, maybe they are uh, producers, or not like uh, not like general tourism, but but like more specific tourists. Art they tourists want to know, yeah, like, art tourists. They want to know the art in Jakarta, or they want to know, they want to collaborate with Jakarta artists. The I think the numbers is not too high, but surely it's affecting the development of uh, art in Jakarta because uh, it's also a chance to bring all work from Jakarta to the world. Do you do you think the performing arts itself, like contemporary performing arts, attract a lot of tourists, that type of tourist, or other types of tourists as well? Or do you feel like that's not the main draw? If we look at the numbers, maybe maybe the, the art tourism is very low, but it's developing. Right now, it's developing. Like with the many festivals we have right now, uh, before the pandemic, uh, some festival can attract Many people, maybe mostly they, the audience came from outside of Jakarta, from other city in Indonesia, uh, and also maybe from Singapore and Malaysia or Australia. Uh, this, uh, th there are some festivals that they, the main audience are coming from outside of Jakarta. Uh, so, so this 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 thing is developing right now uh, with also the government uh, the, the government also introduced about creative industry and art industry so this is the thing that uh, how to say it's like uh, the the government the local government also want to develop this kind of tourism you you said that um, there are a lot of you know experimental art there's there's such a free spirit in Jakarta. Um, what about commercial theater? Because you said there's development in that direction as well, or that's Jakarta is not really a city for commercial theater, for example. Mm, I think if we say commercial theater, it will be different with the commercial theater as maybe if we say commercial theater, uh, we refer to Broadway or West End or some kind of that. Uh, in Jakarta, commercial theater is uh, more in a popular entertainment in form of traditional combination of traditional and modern art. 
we call uh, this performance uh, theater performance as ketopra so this is uh, difficult to <laughs> explain with that. but this is like a theater but in a traditional form with the traditional stories so this attract a lot of audience uh, but we doesn't have we doesn't we doesn't have a theater company like like modern industry theater mostly theater here are communities so it's not a, like company uh, and yeah i think it's it's we can, i cannot say that this is a commercial commercial theater developing but there are some commercial theater happening but uh, i think in yogyakarta uh, whatever you do whatever you make there is there will always audience coming to your show to your event this, this is one thing that is advantage for yogyakarta compared to other cities in indonesia or java because we have a lot of students here and what so would be mostly, yeah. oh sorry what mostly be... the audience will be like the students right yeah mostly our students young people wow yes yeah when i say commercial art in jakarta uh, maybe it's it's mostly happening in visual art because as an industry visual art are more big in jakarta compared to other other art branches and when you said like the the type i forgot the name of it like the traditional mix with modern theater that type what is like the average size of the audience compared to idrf for example if there are local stars involved it can be uh, 1000 audience in one night yeah i think for like and for idrf uh we are maybe mostly we have 100 audience because we uh indonesia dramatic reading festival happen in smaller theater so mm. the maximum capacity is 100 so if we get 100 audience this is we are already very happy because it looks back. <laughs> That's still bigger than our small theaters in Bangkok, actually. Like some small theaters are like 30 and they're, it looks full. And yeah, <laughs> or like 50. Oh, you've been to Bangkok a few times, so you've seen. <laughs> yeah, in Jogja, we don't have many uh, places. Uh, theater, if we say theater, it's, there is only few choices. Uh, same like Bangkok, we have uh, smaller theaters, small places. Uh, that is uh, our friend studio or our house. So some some of theater group or community are uh, using their house as their theater. So maybe mm. 20, 30 people. Wow, yeah. okay. I can feel like the art scene that is very vibrant and there are many like audience there. So I'm just curious, like, do you got any support like to build like a very strong community like that? Yeah, I think because uh, 
as a community, we we are build our community with the audience. So this is also a good thing because uh, we have our circles. Uh, so uh, this is this is also uh, how to, how to say. It? So we build the community together. So we have this, uh, we know the, our audience, but also the challenge is to get new audience, how to uh, get uh, the work or present the work beyond our circle. This is also the challenge, but uh, in IDRF, we, 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 we always to try to go beyond our community, go beyond our audience like we used to invite visual artists to uh, perform in our, our festival and we can uh, gather uh, communities we have together. So do you got like any support from the government or else? For the case of IDRF, we have been running for 11 years right now. This is the 12 years. Uh, we have the support of the government once. Uh, when we uh, organizing Asia Pirates meeting in 2019, but uh, in Yogyakarta uh, there is a local government funding. Uh, we call it extraordinary funding. Uh, so this this extraordinary funding for Yogyakarta is uh, specially for the art and culture, and this is used a lot by a lot of artists and festival in Yogyakarta. But we never get that fun. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's go back to the beginning about you then. How did you get started in theater? Ah, this is a long story. <laughs> let's make it short. Okay. Uh, I learned theater when I'm in the university. Uh, I studied history in Gajamada University in Yogyakarta. And then I get uh, no theater from the university theater. It's like an extracurricular activity. I learned theater there. And from there, I get to know the theater scene in Jakarta. I know Jonet Suret Moko. Uh, at the time, is active with Theater Gardanala uh, and also Theater Garasi. Uh, uh, and my first uh, experience knowing uh, theater Yogyakarta more more theater theater in Yogyakarta is by at the time Garasi have a newsletter they publish a newsletter and I'm one of the reporter of that newsletter so uh, I must see theater performances interview directors interviewing actors so this is for three years and after that, I worked uh, for Indonesia Dramatic Reading Festival. Uh, in the first edition, I become one of one of the presenter. Uh, so I read one of the play, and also I translate uh, one play from Philippines at the time. So this is my beginning uh, into the theater scene in Yogyakarta. And yeah, it's start from there until now. 
did was there a moment when you were like I know I want to work in the theater like I, this is this is going to be my career path mm. <laughs> I don't think that I never been think like that <laughs> uh I mean yeah my friend is building uh, a career or working for the government or working for private sector but For me, yeah, I just trying to do what I want to do, what I like to do. Uh, but yeah, luckily, uh, there is always things to do in theater or some other things also. Sometimes I do something else to support my living because if I only work in theater, it will be difficult to live. <laughs> what is that other? What are those other things that you do to support yourself? I do writing. I do research for projects. I study the story, so sometimes I do research uh, for archive, for like museums or yeah, museums mostly. For you, what's what's more the main thing? I know that. I only know you as you know a theater, uh, like a theater artist, a theater practitioner from Indonesia. But like in life, in reality, like in everyday thing, is that what is your main thing? Is theater more of the side thing, or mm. yeah, difficult question? <laughs> I think the main thing is family for me. <laughs> No, that's a great yeah, answer. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just uh, because theater, I'm not always doing theater like for twelve twelve months, uh, seven days a week. But uh, I have always uh, imagined a project that I can do in theater and. Uh, if there is a chance, uh, then uh, I will do it with my colleagues, with my collaborators. So I always thinking about new ideas uh, and uh, always thinking about how how to uh, how to create the idea to become a reality. Something. So this is. Uh, but uh, for my living, uh, I. In between, I do something else, and also now I have a family and I just have a son. So yeah, oh, I think the most important is for congratulations. Sorry, <laughs> that's yeah, nice. Thank you. <laughs> and um, you said before that you do research for archives and all of that. So are your research works about always about the performing arts, or you do research for other types of Other types of topics. Not really. Mm. Uh, the, uh, archaeological ones I do. It's a new thing, but I learn. Uh, and yeah, uh, and also uh, this time around, also history. Uh, so, but when I do that, I this is also important for uh, creating new ideas. Like I think, oh, I think uh, we can. We can use this for. Uh, I can use this for my project, or I can use this for future project. Uh, 
so so I think it's helped me to to creating new ideas also my own works. What about writing? You said earlier you also do some writing to you know, in addition to your your theater stuff. Um, what kind of writing do you do? Uh, I do translating from English to Indonesia. Uh, this is the experience I got from IDRF, mm. uh, so I can use it. For, but usually it's from uh, literary or like uh, young adult. A novel or a book, something like that, uh, and also writing. But for writing, actually, I do it for performing art mostly. So, uh, writing articles about new perform uh, about performances, uh, or reviewing or uh, discussion or something. Yeah, this is uh, mostly it related to performing art projects mm. the writing is it normal to for for a theater practitioner in Jogja to to wear so many hats like the way you do to have other I jobs apart normal. from yeah yeah in indonesia i think it's very normal because we don't have uh, so many support from the government so uh, we we must we must taking care of ourselves right we must supporting our own lives too, uh, so we can create in performing art in theater. Because also, uh, like in the, uh, not only me or not only in modern art or uh, contemporary art, but also in a traditional uh, performing art, they they are actually farmers mostly. So, uh, in the Day, they they are farming and in the night they perform in the states so it's common for us here to not only working in the performing art but also to have uh, other lives okay so for those in Thai theater you're known as the festival director of the audition dramatic um, reading festival so can you tell us like what is this festival and what is your role in it yeah uh, indonesia dramatic reading festival uh, is a festival uh, to introduce new plays in bahasa indonesia the festival started in 2010 uh, the founder is Jonet Suret Moko uh, from Theater Gardenala, Gunawan Marianto from Theater Garasi, and Lucia Neti Cahyani from Theater Garasi. So the idea of IDRF came after Jonet came back from Asia Playwrights meeting in Tokyo, Japan in 2009, uh, when he saw uh, a platform to introduce new Asian plays. Uh, so he want to bring, he want to build uh, this kind of platform, but in Indonesia. Uh, and also at the time, uh, we have difficulties to distribute, distributing new Indonesian plays. Uh, a lot of theater uh, happen, performance happen, but mostly they use old Indonesian plays, like from 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, so we want to we want to create this platform to introduce new Indonesian plays. 
because we don't have like magazines or literary magazines or play being public published uh, so we think that uh, to introduce new place in Bahasa Indonesia we can create this kind of reading festival so I joined IDRF at first as translator in 2010 uh, and I start to become more involved in 2000, yeah, from 2010 and 2017, I always help them as many things, uh, translator, co-organizer, many things. Uh, in 2018, I became creator. Uh, and in 2019, uh, Jonet, the former director, stepped down because uh, he, he continued his education in New York. Uh, to get his PhD. So Jonet stepped down and I become uh, director of IDRF since 2019. Uh, yeah. And in 2019 also we organizing Asia Playwrights meeting. Uh, at the time we invite six playwrights from Asia, uh, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, uh, Cambodia, Philippines and Indonesia. So we, we create this uh, one week meeting of playwrights from Asia in Yogyakarta and we create uh, readings of their plays in Bahasa Indonesia. Yeah, I think this is uh, also great experience for us who organize it and also for the playwright that came. At that time we invite from Thailand is Nopan, Nopan Bunye from Bangkok. Uh, Taxi Radio is recently Asia Playwrights meeting. So it's, I think it's, it's, it's uh, memorable for us and for the playwrights who came also. How did you find out about um, Nopan's play? Did you read his other works as well? Or did you also like read um, other, play, other Thai playwrights works before deciding on Taxi Radio? Yeah, I think we have a few choices, but also for Asia Playwrights Meeting 2019, I was helped by Alfian Saad from Singapore. Uh, for me, Alfian knows more about uh, Thailand theater scene and also he's, he's uh, more, have, he can have more choices than I uh, at the time because I don't know Thailand at all. So Alfian helped uh, us uh, with few options of Thailand playwright, but when I read Taxi Radio, I think uh, I, I feel related to the, the, the narrative inside the, the play. And also uh, I see connection between the culture of Thailand and Indonesia and, uh, at, 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 from the play. So I think it will be interesting if we present the play and also uh, because uh, I have some friends who is radio announcer, so we imagine if uh, the play read by radio announcer, it will be more, I don't know, the sound will be interesting. So yeah, we, we picked that play. You said that you recognize certain things that in, in his play that felt very Indonesian. What were those things? 
I still remember uh, one of the character Gudang Garam, who is Indonesian cigarette. Gudang Garam. Gudang Garam is a, a brand, a cigarette brand from Indonesia. Ah, okay. In, ah, okay. Uh, so there is one one line that said the the one of the characters smoke that, and the other things is like the the politicians are similar, I think, between <laughs> Thailand. <laughs> that's true. Probably. I guess that's very also the traffic jam. Oh, yes, the traffic jam. Yes. Yeah. Even in Jogja. Traffic jam. Jogja is not that bad actually. It's more Jakarta, but yeah, I think uh, there there is similarities that we can we can uh, relate to them. Uh, another similarity, just to go to the next question. Um, another similarities in Southeast Asia, I think, is also censorship in the arts. You're, I know we're recording this in. Um, in July, this is going to come out later in the year. But you're also right now. You're also helping with uh, BIPAM. You were helping with BIPAM to to select plays that uh, from Indonesia that have been censored and all of that. As a festival director for you know for IDRF, is or like as an actor, as researcher, and everything, as a creator, as a producer as well. Do you is that what do you feel like you combat? censorship in Indonesia um, in the same way as you play different roles or is there was there not much censorship anymore in Indonesia at the moment? Uh, I think uh, censorship in Indonesia is a thing from the past right now. Uh, I mean government censorship is more right now we are more free more loose to express uh, express our feeling or express our artistic expression or anything else political uh, expression make but uh, we don't have any strict censorship by the government but in the last 10 years maybe there is a censorship from our own community or self censorship this is more uh, the thing that more happening in the last 10 years. Uh, so, uh, because it's difficult if you uh, put the story about uh, 1965 uh, communism uh, in Indonesia or you uh, stories, if you, if you perform it or if you put in the publication, is about uh, LGBTQ, then it will be problem from the community. Uh, so uh, and self censorship also. Um, so the author, the playwright, or the director tend to uh, how to say hide these things more sublime, not not so vulgar. But yeah, for me uh, in IDRF, we also we. We always challenge challenge the this kind of self censorship or censorship by the community, and if we do it, I mean, uh, smooth, there is no challenge from anyone. If we do it uh, with sub, sub, sublime message or 
uh, yeah, not too vulgar. Like in 2020, 2019, we 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 play, uh, that is uh, the play is about LGBT community in Jakarta. We present the play, and there is no challenge from anyone at the time. Um, when you said from the community, you mean with among the artists, among some of the artists, or you're talking about among the audiences, uh, or both? Among the, not from the artists, but it came from the people, uh, broader community. Usually, the audience have uh, awareness. I mean, they they want to see the performance because they have awareness, but like. Uh, People is not in art, but uh, like maybe uh, uh, some groups in the society, uh, like uh, Muslim hardliners, or I don't know, maybe political hardliners that doesn't want to doesn't want any perform performance or theater that tells the story about that thing or that theme. Um, when you said you want to challenge self-censorship, how do you how do you address that with artists, or how do you even recognize that this feels like self-censorship? You know. Uh, yeah, we talk with the artists, uh, and we we if we I mean if we see a chance to to because. In the my festival, we we read a play, right? Uh, and the play uh, maybe published in English language or only circulated in smaller communities. When we took uh, like a scene in two thousand nineteen, uh, when we present the play, it means we took the 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 play from small children and bring it to a larger community. Uh, the, the playwright uh, is afraid if, how, how about people outside my community? Uh, what if people disagree with the play, the larger community? But yeah, we, we because I think our festival is safe <laughs> for any kind of expression, so we, we, we 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 guarantee that uh, there will be no problem, and luckily there is no problem. That's nice. So basically, you stand, you you yeah. guarantee that you will stand by the whatever you present. You will stand by the artists, basically. Yes. yes. Yeah, because we don't want to. I mean, we 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 presented uh, with. Yeah, we have some consideration, but. We don't want to change what is in the play, and we present it like uh, everything is okay and still in the. I mean, it's still safe to 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 perform it and to play. Yeah. Okay. Because usually, people uh, doesn't watch the performance only by one clip of video or one image of photo they they can they can i mean in the social media era right now yeah i think by 
put something out of the context and put narrative that can be different from the context, it can be dangerous. Uh, mm. But I think uh, we, we we are lucky to we never have trouble with it, with with this with this kind of thing. That's good. Yeah. So okay, let's go back a bit about like um, the reading festival IDRF. So you've been like involved in apart from this project, you've been involved in many projects to help bring the works of Indonesian and other Asian um, playwrights to the rest of the world. What would how would you describe um, the kind of interest other parts of the world have when it comes to plays from Indonesia or Asia? Uh. Sorry, what, what's the question? The last question. <laughs> so you've like brought like um the Indonesian and Asian works like to the world, right? So how would you like um how do you think like the world like the foreign audience like um receive like what's their feedback on the Indonesian play or plays from Asia? Because you did one festival in London, right, for bringing Indonesian works to. Uh. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's one time I do that in 2019. Uh, it's part of London Book Fair. So uh, at the time, Indonesia is case of honor of London Book Fair, and there is a lot of literary project happening uh, to introduce Indonesian literary uh, scene to to British audience, England audience, and. <clears throat> One of the event is to present Indonesian plays to London audience. We bring some I don't know, five or four plays from the from Indonesia uh, to be performed there, to be read there, uh, and that's mixed. So some of classic Indonesian plays from 60s, 70s, and new Indonesian plays. Uh, so more contemporary uh, and also one experimental place that uh, yeah it's like a performance lecture that may be difficult to read at the time in, in English in London because it's about Indonesian history and nobody in London knows much <laughs> about Indonesia. <laughs> uh, yeah but it's interesting that uh, at the time, uh, I see that one of Indonesian plays are being read by young actors in London, and it's very interesting. Uh, uh, like the actors say that uh, one of classical Indonesian plays, Kapai Kapai from Arifin Sinur, uh, they said that it looks like Shakespearean somehow. Though it's very absurd play, but uh, how the sounds they created, it's like uh, they they say that the sounds of the play in England in English is very Shakespearean. Wow, I don't know. Interesting. The translator, the translator is very good, I think. <laughs> and the other plays are like yeah, sin. Uh, I mentioned sin before that we present in Indonesia also after London. Uh, so uh, they are they are also surprised that uh, Indonesia is a big Muslim country, but they can produce a play something like Sin. It's also uh, uh, interesting because 
it's the narratives is about LGBT community in Muslim uh, community. So yeah, uh, so it's 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 a surprise also for them. Uh, and the other thing is, the other project I do is yeah, uh, Asia Playwrights Meeting of course, and we also publish uh, the book collection from Asia Playwrights Meeting, uh, and. We introduced the book in Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam and hopefully this year also in Phnom Penh. So you mean they will be translated into those language uh, in the language Vietnamese and in Yeah, Khmer, we translated, translated uh, for the reading and we hope after that uh, maybe it can be published in a local language because uh, the difficulties of introducing new place in, in, in Asia is, uh, the language is different, <laughs> very, yeah. Uh, and if we use English, of course, uh, it can be helping us, but uh, maybe not many people will know. So yeah, this is the thing that uh, we still try to, we still to try to introduce it in English. Maybe in the future we can do uh, much more in local language. Yeah, I think still a long time to go, but uh, we we still trying to do that. Yeah. But for the response, I yeah response. I think we have a good response. I believe we have a good response. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I believe that if we tell the story about uh, our own community, it will be different if we introduce it in Europe or maybe Indonesia, in Thailand, or Indonesia, in Asia. Maybe we still we 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 have uh, curiosity to know uh, what kind of play coming out from Thailand, what kind of play coming out from Singapore or from. So this curiosity will help us. Uh, yeah, because people want to know, right? Yeah, they don't want to judge. Yeah, um, and but your work is not only about playwriting and playwrights, though, because you just told me about a project called Gymnastic Emporium that you're producing. Um, can you tell us tell us more about that project and maybe what other interests you have when it comes to the performing arts? Yeah, gymnastic emporium is project that uh, it's it's happening uh, in the pandemic. Uh, so last year, uh, me and my friends we discuss about what what thing we can do in this uh, pandemic with a lot of rest restriction, and <laughs> I have uh, I have interest on sport since I was in school. Uh, and I think one of one of things that I learned uh, in theater also uh, and in performance, uh, that sport is also a kind of, sport event is a kind of performance. Uh, in performance studies, we, uh, uh, Richard Schechner said that, uh, uh, a football match is also a performance in a way, right? So uh, 
we think that gymnastic uh, is also a kind of performance. Uh, you're gymnastic, uh, the, the movement, because uh, in Indonesia in 1970s until 1990s, in the new order era, we have this national gymnastic curriculum, which uh, created by the central government and all of the students from the primary school until high school, they must do it every morning, every Friday morning, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. And we see this as a, a national ideal body. Ideal. Oh, body. Okay. Ideal. ideal. And body. Okay. So this is, like, uh, so through gymnastic, you will reach a body that's ideal for, yeah, the national ideal body. Yes. Okay. Yes. So this kind of gymnastic also, uh, the government introduced again in 2018 and 2019. Also in the pandemic, they also introduced it. Uh, so we want to play with this uh, gymnastic. Uh, so the project actually, we going through archive and we found archive from Dutch colonialism era in Indonesia and Japanese occupation in Indonesia that a lot of gymnastic to do at the time. And uh, also uh, in the new order era, we we researching the series of the gymnastic because there are seven or eight series. Uh, so the, the first series are more complicated. The first few series, the movement are more complicated so they mix between traditional mixed art, traditional martial art movement and modern gymnastic. But after, uh, in the nineties, the movement are more simple and the music are more uh, modern. They use synthesizer and uh, more, it sounds more American some way. It's also uh, shows the the change of Indonesian political, uh, Indonesian political ideas, uh, or Indonesian are becoming more closer to America in eighties and nineties, uh, and it it affecting our culture also. So we want to present this, and the first uh, performance is only by the. Reenact re the gymnastic movement series with the background of the archives. It performed in TikTok as part of uh, New Normal Works. Uh, it and New Normal Works is uh, like a platform introduced by Biennale Jakarta and Biennale Biennale Jogja and Biennale Makassar. And the second format of the presentation is uh, presented in Indonesian Dance Festival 2020. It's an online uh, performance. So we make the video of, so we create our own gymnastic. We call it Senam Kesehatan Jasmani, Senam Kesagaran Jasmani 2020. So uh, hashtag SKJ2020. So uh, yeah, I will write it down. The movement is created by 
gymnastic teacher uh, from Yogyakarta. So we create a one week workshop with the gymnastic teacher uh, and want to un unpack the what we have, what we uh, what we learn from the research of the gymnastic series from central government and what the teachers have uh, about the teachings of gymnastics to their students. So the we create our own gymnastic movement. We we made a group and we invite public also to participate in a video challenge uh, of the so they they can following our movement uh, by using the book manual we create but also in between we ask them to create their own uh, movement so because this is the thing uh, the gymnastic from the central government is limiting our creativity because we can only following the movement that they already create and in our project the key is how to make people not following our instruction so we create the instruction but the challenge is how to make them not to follow our instruction yeah it's quite <laughs> There are some interesting uh, video uh, participate from the public, uh, and yeah, uh, it's quite a nice project. And we still develop the project for the future. Okay. Um. What are the ways that people have found to you know make sure that their instructions are not followed? Can you give us examples? Because uh, <laughs> it's so counterintuitive, right? Like you create instructions so that people will follow. <laughs> That's can uh, can you see YouTube? Yeah. No. Oh, what's SKJ? SKJ. So I could, we could just ser search online for hashtag SKJ twenty twenty, right? Yeah. And then we'll find uh, what you. Then we can find out what you're talking about. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, there are some uh, because in Indonesia, I just found out a lot of gymnastic competition actually. <laughs> so, uh, is so, it an important sport in in Indonesia? Like when you go to the Olympics, is that what people mm, watch? No, it's <laughs> interesting. I don't know why it's quite popular, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I think the 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 public participation is some are teachers, uh, so from the school, uh, and they tend to following the instruction. But some some artists also following the uh, public participation and. Yeah, maybe because they are artists, so they create their own movement. So mm. very interesting. Yeah. And what is because SKJ stands for Senam Kasegaran Jasmani, right? What does that mean? Yeah, uh, body healthy 
gymnastic. <laughs> gymnastic for healthy body. Ah, okay, okay. Very interesting. Uh, I want to go back a little bit because um, it's because uh, I was like, oh, gymnastic emporium. The, the the title sounds so fun, so I thought it was more something like a lot of fun. You know, I didn't think it was a, something political. Um, so I want to go back to the IDRF as as a festival director. Are there certain types of plays you're interested in that you usually want to bring out uh, to the bring to the festival or bring to uh, you know other parts of the world? Are there certain themes that you are personally more interested in, or you know certain types of writing? Uh, well, talking about my preference, I think IDRF. Uh, have have a preference also uh, to get more conventional plays uh, like uh, one one act play, two act play, and more uh, realist. Uh, let's say yeah, conventional play. But when I the creator in two thousand eighteen, I think. I start to introduce more experimental plays, so uh, like how performance lecture, uh, but yeah, it's it's not a conventional prayer, right? And also, I think some something like no pandu taxi radio is also interesting me because the narrative and the 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 is very interesting, and the staging is very different with the with the play, right? Uh, Taxi radio. Uh, yes. I never seen, but I can imagine that the staging will will be very different with but but is inside the play. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, for me, my preference is if the play is challenging, uh, challenging the the conventional norms it with it will always interest interest me but mm -hmm. also uh, uh, be outside of that the play also for me is the narrative is must be interesting mm -hmm. and also must be uh, how to say th there is potential to reach audience from from the play mm -hmm. In within Indonesia itself, are there a lot of experimental write, playwriting? Did you or do you find it's more difficult to to find in Indonesia? Or I think right now it's easier to find experimental playwriting than conventional playwriting. Ah. Do you think it was strong to begin uh, with? The conventional playwriting was it ever strong to begin with? Uh, uh, to, uh, strong in what 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 context? What, what um, like do you think there were a lot of quality conventional, you know, straight play that original straight plays that came out of Indonesia, or was it? It wasn't uh, it, like they weren't very good ones to begin with, but now that's why there are a lot of really good experimental ones. I think because of right now, uh, there is not much playwright, so. Only playwright, not the theater director. Right now, what happened is a lot of theater director writing their own play, mm, uh, so, like Thailand. <laughs> yeah, I think it's happened all over the world. Yeah. Uh, 
So it's more, uh, how to say, creating the, creating performance or event. Uh, it's different if we have, uh, if you have uh, playwright because maybe they, 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 they also considering about the literary aspect uh, or yeah, dramatic as aspect in literary context. Yeah. So, uh, and it's also different because in Indonesia, in in the past, the director the director also writing play, but they have experience as uh, producing literary products like short stories, novel, poetry. So, so they have this experience mm. uh, creating literary products. And now, theater director straight to the theater. They doesn't have the experience uh, of creating literary products. So maybe it's 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 different and becoming more experimental. Uh, but I must admit that the quality is not as good as before. If mm. if I if I'm speaking the truth right now. Hmm. There, there are some interesting experimental plays, but most of most most of them I I see it as a repetition of something that someone had done in the past. Hmm. Maybe uh, with different 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 contexts or different local contexts, but we, we've seen it like this is already been done in the past. Uh, uh, we we still wait for. Uh, there are some that creating new 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 creativity in mm -hmm. writing, but mostly uh, I think it's not getting there yet. Mm. But we lucky that uh, we have a lot of uh, writer who create uh, short stories and novel. Uh, and sometimes they create plays, which is uh, very interesting and very, very challenging also. Mm. Uh, like uh, in Jakarta, there is one one company uh, that they routinely create performance from Indonesian literary, Indonesian classic novel, but mm -hmm. uh, rewrite for for new contemporary play. And I find it is very interesting actually. Hmm. Cool. I'd like to go back a bit to like the gymnastic emporium. I think it's very interesting that you use like TikTok, like the social media like to create the buzz. I'm not sure like, um, have you used this kind of platform a lot in the, you know, performing, performing arts scene there? Mm, not much. Not much. <laughs> and experience in uh, at the time, uh, it's difficult because the algorithm, mm -hmm. the algorithm is very difficult to to be popular <laughs> in TikTok because <laughs> there are a lot of young people and right. many contents. Yeah, yeah. Maybe language or mm -hmm. I don't know. We still learn to do this, mm -hmm. but TikTok I think is one of the promising platform uh, right now, and it's very trending right now. Every, mm -hmm. Everybody goes to TikTok. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I don't have one yet. Oh. <laughs> I don't have one yet either. I have I one, but I just like used to like do you know um just talking to watch. people. Oh. Yeah, just to watch. Not <laughs> just talking. You're not creating anything. <laughs> yeah, actually, some Instagram things. and social media. They put it in Instagram and social media. Yeah. Yeah. And um, last question. Uh, what have you observed about playwriting landscapes in Southeast Asia and what do you find is still lacking? What makes you hopeful? Wow, this is... <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I think there is a disparity between a region in Southeast Asia. Uh, I think Singapore and Malaysia, they have... Uh, culture of uh, publishing new plays, which is really good and really help the theater scene and the playwright scene there. But like in the Indonesia and I believe Thailand also, we don't have this kind of support by the government for uh, theater and for playwrights. So, uh, There's no market for play. I mean, it's a small market exactly. anywhere in the world to begin with, but there's no like zero market for playwriting. That's why uh, play, the you know, is... plays in Thailand. Yeah. yeah uh, so, uh, like, like what I said earlier, that we need to support our own project, or we need to support our own uh, creativity. So the community is important to to. To do this, uh, like IDRF, we work with the publisher also, Kalabuku, uh, uh, who publish plays from IDRF. Like, like what you said, it's a very small market, but we try to build this culture from our own community. Uh, and also, but uh, in other countries like Vietnam, Cambodia. It's much more, uh, how to say, it, in the Southeast Asia map, we, we doesn't know uh, much about uh, other countries in outside of uh, Philippines, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Thailand. Yeah, uh, we don't know much more about uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Myanmar. But I believe there must be some someone writing there, and I want I want to get to know them, and I want to uh, I want to get yeah get get the map of Southeast Asia. Uh, but yeah, language is a problem here. Uh, yeah, it's 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 it's. Long way, still long way to go, but I think we can do it step by step. And because I think uh, the stories, every community there they have their own stories, and every community has their own style of expression and style of uh, presenting something. So I think it, it will be rich if we can get them together. And, talk together and learn from each other. Yeah, uh, if we talk about Southeast Asia, uh, what about if we talk about larger context in Asia? It will mm. be, it will, 
yeah, very rich. Uh, India, they have great culture of play writing. Yeah. We don't know anything about Arab countries, but they have literary, great literary cultures. And I think there are some play that come out from there. So I feel very small if we talk about Southeast Asia and Asia. Mm. But uh, I think uh, my dream is to step by step uh, to doing little things to uh, get to know more about the landscape in Southeast Asia and Asia. So if you ask me what I learned. Oh, what are you hopeful? Le- yeah. What makes you hopeful? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what makes me hopeful is, uh, yeah, I think I said it before about curiosity. I think every, I have curiosity about Thailand, uh, about the theater, play uh, writing in Thailand. But, and I think Thailand people, uh, like you also have curiosity about what happened in Indonesia, in Yogyakarta. This curiosity, I think uh, every one of us uh, have this. And if there is support and if there is chance to fuel this curiosity, to learn from each other, I think uh, I'm very sure that this will be enriching the culture in Asia, modern culture, contemporary culture in Asia, and to create something by themselves or together, I think uh, that's my hope for now. Mm. I, I I hope that it's not too big. <laughs> it's not too what? You hope that it's not too, sorry. Not too big. Not too big. <laughs> Will you come to the the final part of the, the show, the lightning round, where we give you um, two, two options. It's a little game, very quick question and answer huh? yes and uh, we <laughs> basically surprise. give you two options you have the rule is you have to choose one you cannot say pass you cannot say neither and you cannot say both you have to choose one and you don't need to give oh. us a reason so it goes very quickly okay are you ready <laughs> okay okay if you had to work in one place or in one job for the rest of your life which one would you choose the Maldives or Greece? <laughs> Greece. Bangkok or Tokyo? <laughs> Tokyo. <laughs> We're not offended. Tokyo. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Tokyo and in weekend I go to Bangkok. <laughs> West End or Broadway? Uh, Broadway. Never been there. <laughs> ah, cool. YPAM or BIPAM? BIPAM. Oh. B-floor theater or full-fat theater? B-floor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same question. Um, personal shopper or personal chef? Personal chef. Okay. Couples therapist or cosmetic surgeon? Cosmetic surgeon. Okay. Wonderland or Disneyland? Uh, Disneyland. Okay. So the last one. Miss Universe or RuPaul's Drag Race? Miss Universe. 
<laughs> okay. Very nice. So that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Where can we follow your work? Where can we follow IDRF or Asian Playwrights Meeting or Gymnastic Emporium? Or do you have something coming up? Yes. Soon? So maybe IDRF. Uh, it will be in November or December this year. You can follow IDRF on Instagram, uh, idrf.id. Uh, and for Gymnastic Emporium, still a long way to go, but maybe you can follow Gymnastic Emporium on uh, Instagram. Gymnastic Emporium. But nas- Gymnastic with a K, right? At the end? Okay. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Uh, but thank you for, for coming on our show to talk to us. That was really great. It was great getting to know you a little bit better. Um, and our, the Indonesian performing arts scene is very new to us, I, I believe. Right? Yes, to and we haven't also. had any yeah. in, any Indonesian artists on our mm. on our podcast yet. So thank you, you're the first. Yeah. Please, uh, please stay safe and healthy. And I hope our situation will be, you know, in the region will be better soon. The COVID situation will be better soon. That we all can see each other soon, mm-hmm. in person. Yes. Yeah. Let's go to Bangkok. Or go to, <laughs> let's go to the Indonesia. Yeah, I've never been there yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Abe. Thank you, Abe. Thank you, Anne. Bangkok Offstage is created, hosted, and edited by Gatakit Bungan and Amitha Amranand. The intro and outro tracks are Quicksand by Wild Light and Probably Shunt by Jay Lang.